Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. We're in a series, we're starting a series on Proverbs. We're calling it Proverbs for Life. Uh, if you guys are familiar with the book, you know, maybe, maybe we're not. Uh, Proverbs is this, it's, we call it wisdom literature in the Old Testament. And it's this collection of, of sayings, of wisdom, like wise sayings, right? You really practical, but we made the observation last week, and I would encourage you, uh, if you didn't hear it, maybe you want to go back and and check it out, just I I think it will provide some helpful context uh, to to this conversation, but we made the observation last week that this collection of of really proverbial, wise sayings for life, it, it comes to us in a particular context. It's not just good advice. I think sometimes we can read Proverbs, things like pride comes before a fall and, and uh, all sorts of others, right? That like, you know, this is great, kind of pithy. We can pick it up and we hear it just as good advice. But, but I, I want to sort of pull us into reading it over these next couple of uh, few weeks, um, to hearing it as more than just good advice, but as good news, that, that Proverbs is, I think, before it's good advice, it's good news because it's in, inviting us, like wooing us, if you will, um, pulling us, trying to pull us into a life that is reliant upon and, and consequently flourishing uh, in the wisdom of God. Uh, that of all the options or ways or roads that you and I could choose, ways in which we could choose to live our lives, Proverbs wants to woo us into uh, living in such a way that the primary voice for for kind of the nuts and bolts of our lives, the the nuances, the day-to-day, that that primary voice comes, comes from God. And, and, and we made the observation, too, that in that move, as good news, Proverbs, sort of, we're reading it with an eye toward Jesus, that it's pointing us towards the one who would be described as, in the flesh, the wisdom from God. That when we hear the wisdom of Proverbs, we are, we are being sort of directed, our eyes, as we read, kind of cast toward Jesus. And so, again, that's, that's I, I, again, just want to pull us into hearing it as first good news, as we'll see this morning, as wisdom for fools, right? As, as hope for, for failures, people who need help with the day-to-day of life, and uh, I mean, as grace right, for sinners, for people bent on going our, our own way. And we'll see that again uh, this morning. Uh, again, I, I just, I think it's helpful for us to give a bit of context as you read, uh, just a bit of context to all these sort of wise instructions for life. We, we have recently in my family twin daughters who are eight. I don't know how it started. I'm going to blame it on my wife, Jess. Uh, but somewhere, uh, they started this little kind of interaction. It was inserted into conversations where it started with Jess, but now the kids will pick it up and throw it in when they want. And they'll say something like, I got one thing to say to you. Right? I got one thing to say to you. How dare you? Right? You're, you're thinking, right, family dynamics, whoa. Uh, I don't know how it started, but it's, it's, it's really been a, a fun for us. just kind of finds its way into, like, appropriately timed moments. And I've been surprised at the humor of an 8-year-old. But, uh, but I, we were at the pool this week, just me and the girls, and uh, I forget what happened, but I caught myself and I said, I got one thing to say to you. Uh, how, and, and I noticed this grandmother to my right looking at me like, What? And it occurred to me, I'm in public, right? Like, uh, wait a second, you know, no, 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 right? And, and in that moment, it struck me, man, context is really important, 
right? That, that context helps us. And I think the same, uh, that is the, the, the counsel, if I could, as we read Proverbs together over these next few weeks. Again, I encourage you, spend some time reading it. If there's one for every day of the month, maybe you take a chapter that way. Maybe you just, just pick a few and see what kind of wisdom is there. But I, I want to remind us, I think it's as true in what we read this morning as it is for anything else you'll read in Proverbs. Context is important. And, and in Proverbs, it hap- all this wisdom comes at us and to us in the context of a relationship with God that God wants to have with you, with me, in such a way that it touches the, the ins and outs, ups and downs, ordinary, everyday nuances of your life. Right? Context is helpful, and, and we'll see that this morning, particularly, I think, uh, in, in our reflection. I want to start with sort of what uh, Aaron read for us in the middle here. Uh, we're going to start with, with the middle first, that uh, our reading from Proverbs today, again, just by way of reminder, the first nine chapters of Proverbs are, are a collection of sort of thematic poems. And all of them are meant to, again, just to kind of tempt us into listening to the voice of wisdom. And then from chapter 10 to the end, we get the sort of bullet point, like, uh, here's some wise counsel for you, just the kind of the one-off sort of shots, most of them of of wisdom, nuggets of wisdom. So uh, again, by way of introduction, we're going to stay right at the beginning this morning and hear again that initial call to consider listening to God's voice of wisdom. Um, And today, as we do, we're going to start right at the beginning that I, I think... Uh, This is the first time wisdom speaks in Proverbs. So wisdom personified here is the voice of a woman calling to us to listen and to to pay attention. This is the first time that personified wisdom will speak in Proverbs. And what does she say? What does she say in our reading this morning? Well, I got to be honest with you. I think it feels a a bit like I got one thing to say to you, right? Uh, And if you listened as Aaron read this morning, uh, what she says sort of in the heart of this reading is uh, the confession that we are terrible listeners, right? We're terrible listeners. We, we, we may fancy ourselves as sort of, you know, I have a, have a good ear for wisdom, even the wisdom of God, but, but right at the heart of what wisdom will say from the outset in Proverbs is that there is a pull in your heart and mine. Uh, we are prone uh, toward being bad listeners. We, we see it in verse 22, uh, right at the beginning here, towards the beginning. How long, oh simple ones? Right, the first word she says, how long, oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Right, you, you see th- these are some categories that are going to be used throughout the book of Proverbs. Simple ones, right, sort of obliviously naive uh, to what the world perhaps throws at us and, and God's desire for us to move through the world differently. Just simple ones are scoffers, kind of arrogantly cynical, right? I don't need that. Uh, that's, that's a crutch for people. You know, how, how all the ways we want to sort of step into that cynicism, but scoffing at the notion that there could be uh, a voice of wisdom from God for us. And then fools, right? Uh, it's kind of defiantly bent. We're just going our own way regardless of the consequences, right? Kind of foolhardy and stubborn in our movement through life. Right from the beginning, wisdom says, right, this is us, <laughs> right? This, this is us. This is the way we are bent and prone. That When God's wisdom speaks first in Proverbs, what she tells us is the uncomfortable truth. We're bad listeners. 
We are not prone uh, to be open and responsive to what God might want to do in and through and, and for us. And she continues, man, it gets real dark, right? She, I don't know, uh, as you listened, she says, right, uh, I'm calling to you, simple ones, foolish ones. Then in verse 24, because I have called and you refuse to listen, I've stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you have ignored all of my counsel and would have none of my reproof, and then this harsh language in 26, I will also laugh at your calamity and mock when terror strikes you. Again, right, I got one thing to say to you. <laughs> uh, it's how it feels. It's, it's, it's how it strikes us. We are, we are bad at listening. But I, I want to suggest that we hear a couple of things here that pull us toward good news, however sort of hard it may hit us in the moment. And the first one is urgency an observation here that there is really over and over again in Proverbs, specifically these first nine chapters, in, in wanting to move you and me towards, listen, there's another way to move through life, right? That God has a plan and wisdom for you, uh, that there is a sense of, of urgency. And, and, and what in this strong language, it's almost like a preacher sort of calling people to make a decision is what it sounds like in Proverbs 1. Because it's, it's sort of this urgency behind this language. Like you, you continually refuse to listen and there are consequences to that. But first there's this kind of urgency in it because I think there's a, an admission here that we tend to approach this kind of thing, faith, wisdom, God's move. Maybe, maybe we approach it like, a, like, like an iOS upgrade for our iPhone or, or I don't know what the Android equivalent of that would be. Uh, but whatever that is for, for you, right? That it's kind of, okay, you know, maybe I need, I need a little upgrade. I need to help some things move a little bit more smoothly in my life. God's wisdom kind of do that, kind of slide into my life. Occasionally comes with some glitches and some inconveniences, right? Uh, but, you know, this, I'll just kind of add this upgrade to my life and things will move more smoothly. Maybe, maybe tech is not your thing, right? Maybe, right? Uh, what, what, I think Proverbs maybe says, well, we, maybe we approach it like a, here we go, I'm gonna, like a protein powder, Right, like uh, like this 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 performative thing that we can add to our lives, so that we can just kind of improve our performance in life. Uh, that you know, you know, well, I'll have this bit of wisdom. I'll fit it into my life, and it'll just sort of make me sharper, cleaner, kind of smooth the rough edges, kind of help me sort of uh, move. I, I read one writer kind of put it like this: that we want to approach Jesus and wisdom as kind of like the garnish on the side, right? That Jesus is kind of the garnish in our life where we can kind of fit him in, kind of slide him in. He's a nice addition to sort of, I got things pretty well under control, right? Like, uh, so I'll fit kind of faith in Jesus into, into my life. And the author said, you know, you, you never hear anybody say, give me parsley or I'll die, right? No one says that, but that's exactly uh, the move that Proverbs says. That's how valuable wisdom is to us, that without it, we are lost. Not just wisdom generically, but the wisdom of a God who wants to pull us into relationship with him, that the stakes, uh, the stakes are that high, right? That there is a sense of urgency behind wisdom's call here, that in this, that that the invitation to sort of posture your heart and and, and mind uh, humbly before a God who wants to speak and who is calling to us, that the stakes for that call and our response to it are, are significant. We see that intensity over and over again in the first nine chapters of Proverbs. Listen, listen, listen. Wisdom is calling. Listen, the stakes could not be greater for you because the slide for us was towards complacency, 
right, towards just sort of adding him to what is comfortable already in our lives and where he fits great, where he doesn't, you know, we, we got a pretty good handle on things. But our reading this morning, as you move towards the end, you get to the last couple of verses, says that that complacency, the complacency of fools will eat you alive. That, that, that there has to be in our lives, in our faith, in our response to God's wooing of us, a, a kind of urgency. So I think that's one thing that's behind the language here. But there's another thing here that's clear when we read things like, you know, uh, I called and I called. And, and uh, now because of your response, right, uh, I will mock when terror strikes. There is, there is, there is the language of consequence here. That with the stakes, the urgency, because this urgency, there is a, a sort of consequence to our continued foolishness. Verse 31 sort of lands, kind of summarizes all that's followed. Therefore, right? So the fact that we're bad listeners and we continue to often be bad listeners, therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. I think, I think verse 31 helps me understand the laughter uh, that, that, that we bumped into a few verses earlier. I, I wonder if it's a bit of the kind of sad laughter of despair, right? That I have called and I have called and I have called, that in that sense, wisdom calls and calls and calls, and still we persist in doing it our way or relying on our own wisdom or getting distracted or plugging our ears as scoffers or whatever the case may be, that at some point wisdom has to laugh. In a sense, you wonder just to keep from crying at the irony of of the consequences that will be played out from relying on our own wisdom. Uh, C.S. Lewis uh, helps me here. Uh, in his little book, The Great Divorce, kind of writing about this feeling or this moment, he says there are only two kinds of people in the end. That when, when, when this story plays out, two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, as we sang, thy will be done, and those to whom God says, thy will be done. Right, that there, there is a sense in which the consequences of relying on our own wisdom will inevitably uh, find expression in our lives. That hardness that this proverb talks about over and over again sort of begins to inherit itself. Right? That the, the, the longer we resist and resist, the easier it becomes to resist, and the consequences then of relying on our own wisdom begin to find expression until we land on this image of sorrow and the language here of the storm right in the heart of our passage here in verse 27 there will be moments in your life when storms will come calamity will come like a whirlwind distress and anguish will come upon you and and all you will have in that moment wisdom says all you will have in that moment will be your own wisdom and strength because of your insistence over and over again to, you know, I, I got this. That when those moments come, that's all you will have, and, and, and it, will, it will end, uh, if you will, poorly. You will want more uh, in that moment. So maybe you're thinking, maybe you're thinking, Matt, where's the good news, right? right? Uh, all I hear, all I hear is, uh, I got one thing to say to you. Right, you better pay attention. Uh, where, where's the good news here? And here's what I think, because I, I think the good news here is in the context, in the context of of this kind of accurate description of how we are prone to live, relying on ourselves, our own strength, our own wisdom. 
right, that this confession, this accurate description, uh, I think it's necessary, right, because before we can hear the good news, receive it, or recognize it for the beautiful, joyful thing that it is, I think we have to hear this truth first, that we are simple, scoffers, often foolish and self-reliant, and that there are consequences to that repeated self-reliance, that repeated turning away from God and his wisdom and relying upon our own, but that once, once we hear that, we, I, I think, then are ready to hear the good news that, yes, we are terrible listeners, but, but as we see here, wisdom is a gracious and persistent pursuer in your life and mine. And I think we see it where we start in verse 20. Right at the beginning, wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. If you'll allow me, what I hear wisdom saying is here, I want to be where the people are. I want to see. I want to see them. No one. Yeah, right. I knew it was a stretch. I have twin daughters who were eight. I thought, you know, it would be an easy leap. Right. But, but, but right, I, this is, I, I hear, uh, maybe I don't quite hear, but the melody starts to sort of uh, encroach on my life. When I read what wisdom says here, wisdom says to you and me, the gracious good news is that wisdom comes after us. It's not some elusive thing out there that we got to go and like find. We got to kind of trail, like blaze our trail, kind of find our way to wisdom on the fringes of life and people who find that path. You kind of, and it's not out there somewhere to discover. It's this picture that wisdom steps into the mess of your life and mine and cries aloud, right? It wants to be found, it wants to be where the people are, right? Where you live, where I live, the places where we actually need wisdom. Wisdom steps into those spaces. Actually, in the Old Testament, all this language of uh, the markets, the, the head of the noisy streets, and the entrance to the city gates. I mean, this was the place of the business of the city. They would make judgments. They would, they would figure out sort of questions of justice and the particulars of, of city life would happen there. Wisdom says, I go to those places and beg to be heard. In your life and mine, right, we, we think maybe it's elusive or somewhere out there. And, and here we hear the good news that God aches, longs, moves toward you and me to speak into your life with hopefulness, right? With, with, that, with that kind of wisdom that will help you in the nuance of your life. And mind that he's not just kind of holding out, but he is graciously available. The context of all that that follows, I mean, we're terrible at listening, all that happens within the context of the reality that God in his grace is moving toward you. And then, and then I think we see it at the end. So it sandwiches all that bit about being bad listeners. The wisdom calls to us, moves to us. But then at the end in verse 33, whoever listens to me. What a beautiful word. Whoever listens to me, wisdom says. Whoever, right? What, who, who, who is in, who, whom? Who, who is in that Whoever. I mean, it's the fools and simple ones and scoffers that we've just spent the last several verses reading about that somehow in the midst of all of that stubborn self-reliance, there is a hope extended to you and me that, that anyone from that crowd who will turn and hear, wisdom is there, right there, right, right there waiting to be heard and followed. And I, 
I would suggest to you that this is really, really, really good news. For people who are stubborn, bent on our own way, right? There's this hope here that God, God isn't looking for perfect people, right? He isn't looking for people that kind of are already wise to whom Jesus can add a bit of like religious veneer to our lives. No, God is looking for broken, foolish, self-centered people. And he steps into their lives and calls, I am here. I am a voice of wisdom for you. And he says, as we turn, as we turn, behold, I will pour out my spirit on you in verse 23, and I will make my words known to you. They will come alive in the nuts and bolts, nuances of your life and mine. I want to make one final observation here. This language, right, a storm is coming. Uh, How are you going to approach life? Are you going to rely on yourself and be a fool? Are you going to listen to God's voice? We hear all of that again. All of that shows up in the Sermon on the Mount. At the end of uh, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's gospel, uh, Jesus will stand up and, 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 and teaching and calling people, like stepping uh, into their lives and our world. He'll, he'll call, will you listen, will you follow? Jesus will pick up these words, right? He'll pick up the words from wisdom personified in Proverbs. They'll now find their expression in wisdom incarnate in Jesus. And he'll say to them and to you, We have a choice. We can listen and obey and be like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. And when storms come, when storms come, this house will stand because the rock of grace is secure. And Jesus says, you you can go through life. You can, the person who will listen to me and, and respond, that person, he says, like someone who builds their house on a rock. Or he says, or you can live like a fool, foolishly, bent on your own wisdom. And consequently, he says, you will build your life on sand, the constantly shifting sand of self-reliance. And in the end, he says, when storms come, and they will, when storms come, that house will fall every Here is Jesus. Again, remember, we're reading Proverbs with an eye towards the one who is God's wisdom expressed to us. Here is Jesus picking up this imagery, Proverbs, and inviting you and me into a life of responsiveness. Not that you gotta have it figured out. Not that you kind of gotta know how it all shakes out, kind of add Jesus, but of humble sort of responsiveness. Jesus on my own, man, I am prone towards so many other things. I, uh, I'll leave you with another image of my children, you know, take it or leave it. But uh, this actually happened last night, and it was too good for me not to share it with you. But uh, one of my kids had, uh, had been grumpy, if you can believe it, right? We're so good-natured, and our disposition so lovely. If you haven't met, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yes, my children, right? So we'd, we'd gone through a Saturday. We'd have lots of fun. But one of them, man... Uh, we wanted to say, you've been grumpy all day, which wasn't true, but you had been grumpy throughout the day, right? And uh, Jess was having a conversation with them and was trying to speak to this particular kid. Uh, like, you know, we were, it was the end of the day and the grumps had come back. Um, uh, the, grumps, the grumps had come back. And so Jess was like, wait, 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 pause. 
what is going on, right? We've had a lot of, we've done all these kind of things today, right? Look at all the stuff we've done. I, I don't really, Jess doesn't do that. I don't really know what she said. Uh, <laughs> please, yeah, uh, forgive me. Uh, but Jess is like, so she's trying to talk to her. Like, what, what's this going on? You're grumpy. And her sister, kind of behind her, picks up a book like this, looks at Jess and says, you're not helping, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, all right. She's like, okay, right? You're, you're not helping. But wait, here's what I think, right? Isn't that what good advice always sounds like? It always feels like judgment, right? Particularly if you're in a mess and you're trying to sort your life out, you're trying to figure out what to do, and someone comes along, oh, I got some good advice for you. I mean, who wants to hear good advice when you're grieving? Or who wants kind of good advice when maybe you've made a mistake? Like, I know I've made a, I've made a mistake, right? That uh, so often good advice comes to us and we, it feels like, it feels like I got one thing to say to you. And what we want to say back is, you are not helping. But then God in his grace, God in his grace says, I got it. I'm going to step into the mess. Just like wisdom steps into the streets, I'm going to come and put on flesh and step into the mess of your life. I know you're a terrible listener. I know that, but that's okay. I'm going to climb on the cross for you. And while you and those around will scoff, uh, we'll call this foolishness, we'll, we'll point to, to this as kind of the ridiculousness of whatever plan God may have, I, I will extend love and forgiveness good advice is there, sure, but man, it's good news first. Good news that whoever listens to me will dwell secure, will be at ease without dread of disaster. I have a picture here. I'm going to go for it, Taylor. I, I got a picture here. Uh, they're, they're napping, just to clarify. These are, uh, these are elephants napping. I don't know if you can see it. You guys can't see it at all. We're working on sort of making this situation better in here, but uh, I, we'll leave it up. He's a picture of elephants napping, and I just thought, what a beautiful picture of a life of wisdom, <laughs> right? A life at, at ease, right? A life secure. You will be at ease without dread of disaster. This was taken uh, this week. Uh, one of the sites I will read, kind of the week's best photojournalism, and this was one that was taken in China. I, just, what a, I don't know. If you remember nothing else, you'll remember the napping elephants. And you'll think, oh, in that moment, God is inviting me to trust him. He's inviting me to trust him and not rely on myself. And the result of that, even in the midst of life's storms, will be a kind of security and ease from the one who says to you, come, follow me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Rather than resting in the complacency of your own effort or maybe putting off, maybe you're here kind of putting off decisions to trust Jesus wholeheartedly or, or maybe kind of trust him completely or maybe in a way, trusting him in a way, kind of putting off, trusting him in a way that has like tangible effects in your life. Maybe approaching him more like garnish, something kind of sprinkle in every now and then. Wisdom says... In the person of Jesus, you want to know the rest and security that comes from trusting a wisdom bigger than your own. Listen to me. We got stand. Thank you for listening to the Park City Church podcast. To learn more about our church and/or to find ways to get involved in our community, visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at Park City KC.